This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, July 30th. And today we are going to be bringing our takeaways to some of the big moves from Thursday night at the NBA Draft. We'll be breaking down the fallout from the Russell Westbrook to the Lakers deal, plus some of the picks we liked and a few that we didn't. All that and more coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As we welcome in everyone listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube, I'm joined by Ryan Knaus. And just at the top here, I want to say I am remote here. I'm in a hotel. We were testing the internet connection beforehand, Ryan. It was a little... A little shaky. So if I happen to cut out, if I've already cut out, uh, apologies to anyone who's watching live with us. You will not be hearing that on the podcast. You'll be hearing different audio. But just want to get that out there, Ryan. I'm going to throw this internet under the bus early and often, I think. Well, it was perfect timing that you did because you cut out for my audio for a large part of that. So that was a, I'm glad you explained that there's a hotel internet connection issue at the root of it. Uh, I also have a cold, so we're both we're both off to a off foot start here but we'll make it work matt okay well we have to start with the no doubt biggest news of the night the washington wizards have agreed to trade russell westbrook a 2024 second round pick and a 2028 second round pick to the lakers for kyle kuzma contavious caldwell pope montrez harrell and the 22nd overall pick in thursday's draft this according to shams trani of the athletic i think the immediate thing you ask here ryan is how in the world does a westbrook fit in with the Lakers. LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Westbrook is just a mind-bending combo. You can see the absolute boom potential here, and you can obviously see how this could kind of be a mess. What's your immediate reaction to this? My immediate reaction is that it's a grand slam for the Lakers. I mean, they have LeBron James with a championship window that's closing. We all know that he's beaten back father time thus far, but he missed, I believe, 27 games last year, most in his career. And 
yeah, time is catching up. They they have this window and they're going to go for it. So they brought in an established superstar. They got rid of some pieces that weren't quite fitting. I wouldn't say that about Contavious Caldwell-Pope, but Montrez Harrell basically fell out of the rotation in the postseason last year. They had that awkward center situation. Harrell's not really cut out for the postseason, especially defensively. So I don't think that hurts them too much. Kyle Kuzma was an awkward fit as well. He was clearly unhappy accepting a diminished bench role last year. So, you know, he he was going to leave one way or the other. And then they gave up the number 22 pick, which became Isaiah Jackson. I don't think that hurts. So, I mean, hey, for the, if you're a Lakers fan, you have to be overjoyed because, yes, this does nothing for the Lakers need for shooting, right? That was, That's a big roster need. They need someone, especially with KCP heading out diminished even further from the perimeter. But one of their biggest needs was a playmaker to take some pressure off LeBron, uh, especially if LeBron is hurt. I mean, the Lakers needed a little bit of an, an air gap, some room to breathe. Uh, without LeBron last year, the Lakers were 12 and 15. They had a negative net rating. With LeBron, they were 30 and 15 with a plus 5.7 net rating. So now if LeBron is out, you still have Russell Westbrook, who, as he proved last year by you know, he and Beal almost carrying the Wizards into the postseason. He's still got it. He's still a stud. So uh, I love the move. I think it's a necessary shot that the Lakers took. I like it more than getting Buddy Heald, even if Heald's shooting, you know, would have addressed some of those concerns. I think uh, you just take Westbrook, add shooting in free agency and with veteran minimums, it's going to be easier to find that than it would be to find a legit second playmaker in free agency. Fantasy wise, do you think this is a case where? you just kind of slot Westbrook in and maybe just put a a slight dent in all of the numbers of the big three. All of these guys kind of take a little bit of a hit, but we can possibly overreact to these things sometimes. Uh, Definitely that. I mean, you know, a good recent analog would be the Nets and how each of their stars had to give up a little bit. And they were still absolutely elite. I think there were stretches. Now, granted, they didn't all play together very often, but uh, they seem to all be coexisting as, you know, top 15 fantasy guys. And, you know, the Lakers stars aren't there except for AD at this stage. But I I think what you said pretty much hits the nail on the head slight dents to all of them. LeBron's not going to have the ball in his hands quite as much, so his assists might might take a dip. Uh, they can probably afford to play LeBron fewer minutes, so hence, you know, slight dip across the board. Yeah, ditto for even AD with the rebounds. I mean, Westbrook, as we know, is a, a rebound vacuum. So, yeah, I, I'm not too overly concerned. It's more, you know, when you look at especially LeBron and Westbrook, it's more injury concerns, things like that, than how they'll fit alongside teammates. The hotel internet definitely continuing to struggle. Based on my connection, I think someone, the floor above and below me are, are pretty hard into some Fortnite right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's let's look quickly at the Wizards side of things. My takeaway here is one note, Aaron Holiday obviously traded to the Wizards and a possible winner, you know, low-key winner of draft night with Ish Smith and Raul Neto, both unrestricted free agents. Denny Avdia, a possible breakout guy. And then I think you look at Kyle Kuzma now on the Wizards. Him and Rui Hachimura would really seem to kind of potentially crush each other's already limited value. Would you agree with all three of those, Ryan? Avdia, I tried to get into last year, but he was very inefficient. Didn't seem to contribute anything outside of scoring, and even that was pretty inefficient. So for fantasy, I'll need to take a deeper dive into it. Certainly the potential is there roster wise and minutes wise, I think, but I'm skeptical top of my head as to what he can contribute to help your fantasy team win. Yeah, not not super enthused about that. 
I, I'm with you that Aaron Holiday could be a sneaky. I think in the blurb last night, I called him a a potential uh, sneaky deep league flyer, that type of thing. Because, yeah, he was a defensive pest. His offense struggled at times, didn't quite have the sharp decision-making you'd like to see from a guy with the ball in his hands. But the opportunity is there. You mentioned the the veteran free agents in the backcourt, and obviously Westbrook's absence leaves a gaping hole there. So uh, Holiday will definitely absorb a bunch of those minutes. All right, we're going to quickly run through some takeaways from the draft here. Those were just wanted to hit that trade at the top, but you know, as expected, the top three: Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley. Things got pretty interesting after that. It started at number four, where instead of calling the name of Jalen Suggs, the name we wanted them to call, Ryan, the Raptors added one Scotty Barnes. You and I were talking about this guy the other day, both a little concerned about him as a fantasy prospect. So what was your reaction to this pick? Does Toronto know something we don't know about Barnes's offensive potential? Do they simply not care about fantasy and they just want a switchable defensive wing? Where do you land on this Scotty Barnes pick? Yeah, well, it's it shocks me that Nick Nurse in the front office didn't consider the fantasy implications of the number four pick because this was not the right move. Um, but no, I, I, I kid. I mean, clearly the Raptors tanked at the end of last season. I think they were looking to the future, and Nurse made that pretty clear. He said that um, as sirens wail past my house. Sorry about that. Um, he said that what separated Barnes in their pre-draft process was – he, he said, quote, combination of size, length, two-way player, possible potential down the road. And to me, that's key because Suggs is older. Maybe they think that his ceiling isn't quite as high. Whereas they look at a guy like Barnes and he has all the raw material right there, all the tools. If he can develop a shot, he could be, as Nurse said, a legit two-way star. And they have a proven track record of Pascal Siakam, OG, and Anobi, very similar players, frankly, who came up with it with deficits in their offensive game and the Raptors coaching staff has done a fantastic job of helping them along. So I think they looked at their proven track record, what they've been able to do and thought they'll repeat that process with Barnes. And as for his shooting nurse said, let's put it this way. His shot isn't broken. There are probably a few little mechanical things we'll look at, and then it's going to be up to him to put in the work. All of which says to me as a fantasy manager, not this year. Not this year, but maybe there is hope. And I think you raise a really good point with Ananobi and and Siakam and the Raptors' past record of success. So maybe Barnes is a long-term intriguing fantasy play. But yeah, not this year. And speaking of not this year, we had high hopes for Jalen Suggs, who now went fifth in this draft to Orlando. I said the other day, I love the player. One of my favorite prospects in this draft. I can You just watch him play, and and his game jumps out at you across the board. But I'm not going to lie. Compared to Toronto, I really don't like this fit at all. You've got Markel Fultz, who should be back, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, who was a breakout guy down the stretch, a really crowded young guard rotation, Ryan. All of those guys are going to need minutes, and suddenly you're looking at Suggs, where he might have been in a a smash spot for fantasy, is now uh, needs some things to break his way. That's entirely accurate yeah not not a great landing place for him i mean it is a young rebuilding team he's going to get minutes uh he seems pretty nba ready 20 years old he can come come right in you know magic fans were were thrilled i think he'll find playing time and it helps you know you hate to say that it helps but markel fultz coming off that torn acl we don't know quite when he'll be back what sort of limitations he might have so that helps definitely Suggs' early season fantasy outlook. 
Uh, but you mentioned, I mean, Cole Anthony's there, RJ Hampton's there. You have veterans, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, Michael Carter Williams, all still under contract. I think one or more of those guys is almost definitely getting traded and could easily fall out of the rotation. But yeah, it's so it's not as good a situation as Toronto, but I'm actually reasonably high on Suggs for fantasy. I don't think he's going to hurt you with the inefficiency that, that, that some other guards do. He'll have some dimes, some assists, hit some threes. So it's not that I would avoid him, but unless he starts to slide into the middle rounds, past the middle rounds, I, I probably won't touch him. Well, we saw the Barnes thing was surprising a little bit, but we saw maybe the first real stunner of this draft at sixth overall is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Owner of 7,000 first-round picks over the next 100 years took Josh Giddy with the number six selection. Uh, this was a guy we'd certainly seen mocked around the top 10, but I don't know that I'd seen him as high as six. Uh, so just looking at his numbers, playing for Adelaide in the in Australia's National Basketball League, around 11 points, 7.5 boards, 7.5 dimes. I read that there are some questions about his jumper, and the numbers certainly bear that out, a 29% shooter on threes. I mean, this is a great landing spot for a rookie playmaker, but Ryan, you have to think you worry about efficiency here, right? Oh, for sure. Yes. His his shooting is a work in progress. And um, to your point, none of the mocks, I mean, I have seven different, I took the final version of seven mocks. Nobody had him higher. I think Kevin O'Connor at the ringer had Giddy going number 11 to the okay. Hornets. So yeah, nobody had him in the top 10. But for a team like OKC, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Giddy is a next level playmaker. He has great size, great passing ability, sees plays develop before they happen. He actually compared himself, and I think it's a bit of the Australia connection, but he described his own game as comparable to Ben Simmons, which, you know, at this moment in time may not be the most uh, favorable comp out there, but we we get it. I mean, Simmons still an all-star caliber guy, not to mention that Giddy's there defensively at all, but playmaking wise, he has those tools. The shot, absolutely a work in progress. And that's one reason why, you know, I think on the previous pod, I mentioned Teo Maladon and the fact that just because rookies are getting minutes for OKC doesn't mean they're going to be great fantasy options. Uh, I like Giddy more than, say, Poku or Teo Maladon or some of these guys whose inefficiency can just completely ruin their fantasy value. I think that even if Giddy is hurting your field goal percentage, that's something you can live with. If he's piling up rebounds, assists, and getting some defensive stats, which he likely will. After all, he had three triple-doubles last year. Uh, Still super young. OKC is going to give him tons of run. So I I like it. I mean, even uh, Lawrence Frank with the Clippers, after drafting Jason Preston, said that they thought Preston was the second best passer in the draft behind Giddy. He's that good. I, I think Giddy didn't watch the NBA playoffs this year, so he wasn't aware of the whole Simmons thing. He's <laughs> he's basing it on a pa- on past footage. That's right. Uh, Someone, his manager, whispered in his ear real quick. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. So, I like I like your thoughts there on Giddy. And again, eighteen years old, so he is a guy who could be on the fantasy radar this year. But another exciting long term guy as well. And the surprises didn't stop there, Ryan. Zaire Williams goes 10th to the Pelicans, but is headed to the Grizzlies after a disappointing college year for him. But I want to talk for a second about the 11th pick. That would be James Booknight to the Hornets. Now, the fit here is also in question. They they obviously have Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball in the backcourt. Malik Monk and Devontae Graham are both restricted free agents. The point is, maybe there's room for Booknight, but we have already talked about how we're a little concerned about his fantasy game just being hollow points, it's almost like is Booknight going to slide into the 
Malik Monk role, a role that we know is a complete headache for fantasy. Uh, yes, Book Knight slotting into that Malik Monk role seems like the most likely outcome here. You know, GM Mitch Kupchak even said coincidentally after the draft, he said coincidentally, Book Knight does fit a need in the backcourt, which seems like a pretty direct indication that they're not going to bring back Malik Monk. Devontae Graham's another question that really depends on what other teams do in terms of offer sheets for him, things like that. But Book Knight's fantasy outlook, yeah, it's a little tough. I mean, he shot, I think, 29% from deep last year. That was a big concern. Part of it due to the elbow injury, he shot better during the combine, etc. But what else in his game can he contribute if he's struggling as a shooter? Which, you know, as a rookie guard, especially a guy who loves to have the ball in his hands and if he is going to have the ball in his hands, will be probably in that sort of sixth man bench scoring role, which certain players can do very well. You know, you think of Lou Williams, someone like that, but it's not an easy thing to accumulate fantasy value if you're only getting 25-ish minutes off the bench every night. The Hornets are a team with playoff aspirations, so they're not just going to play him 38 minutes a, a game and hope that he develops on the job necessarily. So yeah, some definite skepticism in terms of his rookie impact par for the course with me with rookies i probably won't be drafting book Knight, but i do i like him and i think it was an absolute steal for charlotte i mean book Knight was upset that he fell outside the top 10 and i think most draft observers were very surprised all right more to come in a second we're just going to take a very quick break here Dietz and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hear the Olympics like you've never heard them before with The Podium, an NBC Olympics podcast. Follow along with host Lauren Shahadi as we bring you deep into the stories and behind the curtains each day during the Tokyo Olympics. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're just going to speed through our remaining thoughts here. One pick after book night, the Spurs took Josh Primo from Alabama, a guy who averaged eight points and three rebounds in college. Normally, I give the Spurs the ultimate benefit of the doubt on a draft pick and just assume the guy they take is an absolute baller. It's possible that's the case here, but certainly some reason to have skepticism on this one. And the following quote from the broadcast right after the pick sums this one up for me. They said simply, Josh is not here. <laughs> this first, it was just like, it was so awkward. They took him, Josh is not here. It was almost like I was watching on ABC, the broadcast crew, for a moment there was like, wow, we actually don't know what to say here. That was my reaction to it, Ryan. <laughs> Anything to say here just feels like a developmental guy who 
sure the Spurs could turn this guy into a player. But as you said earlier about another player, not this year. Yeah, I don't understand it. Granted, I don't really understand where the Spurs are as a franchise right now. They're in a sort of awkward quasi-rebuilding phase. Um, I guess accelerating a rebuild when you draft one of the youngest guys in the draft in Josh Primo, whose upside I think is considerable. He's got good size. He's a good shooter, but he's just raw. And he's, as I said, extremely young. And then they went and added, I think Joe Wieskamp in the second round, just some shooting. They said they wanted shooting and versatility. I mean, the shooting does address a team need, but are they a franchise at a point when addressing team needs makes sense over just raw potential. And if that's the case, then why draft Primo in the first round? So I was, I was left a little bit baffled by the Spurs moves and definitely don't expect any fantasy value from these guys under pop as rookies. All right. I want to talk next about Chris Duarte out of Oregon, who went 13th to the Pacers. First of all, Duarte's kid absolutely stole the show after the pick. He, he had a microphone. They handed him a mic and he was just kind of, babbling into it lightly uh for a second it was almost like duarte's kid had his own podcast it was pretty amazing he then started <laughs> to my eyes chewing on the wind the foam windscreen attached to the mic so that was pretty tremendous the real life fit though for duarte also you know has my attention a little bit ryan doug mcdermott is a free agent tj mcconnell's a free agent aaron holiday's gone duarte is an older rookie in the mold of cam johnson duarte is 24 and he put up numbers that do suggest a fantasy-friendly game. At Oregon last year, 17 points per game, four and a half boards, around three dimes, nearly two steals, 0.8 blocks, can really shoot it too, Ryan. 53 from the field, 42 on threes, 81 from the line. To me, this, I mean, they, they used a 13th pick on him. They obviously really like him. I know there are other guys there who will be ahead of him, but some injuries hit, and maybe even if they don't, Duarte could be a deep league guy from the very start of the season. Absolutely. I'm I'm 100% on board with that. Uh, you mentioned his age, 24 years old. He seems ready to hit the ground running. Uh, Pacers coach Rick Carlisle said the same thing. He said he's a finished product and someone who can contribute immediately. Love to hear that. You know, he referred to him as the best player on the board at 13. And this is probably the most important thing Carlisle said. He views Duarte as a natural two, but someone who can play the one and the three. I, I love that. So he's got minutes. He's got an NBA ready body and skill set. And he's playing on a roster that, uh, you know, Aaron Holiday's gone. You've got players who have proven they can't stay healthy TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, Karis Levert, even. So with his ability to play those three positions and a host of players around him who are DMP risks and a coach who's talking him up and saying he's ready to go immediately and college stats that back up his fantasy upside. All those pieces fit together very nicely for me. So he's, he's definitely on my board of targets quickly, Ryan, that that's all of the main bullet points I want to hit. I do want to say though, the two seat couch for draft picks and one parent was just an incredibly awkward thing. I, I was like, the dad in a lot of cases was standing behind. Like, is this where I should be? Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, like you've got the, the mom often sitting on the couch with the pick and then the dad behind kind of hovering. It's like, could we not? I know there's certain parameters to like setting up a stage and it's not an easy thing. And they may not have had room in the camera shot, but it was just a kind of a wonderful little subplot of the night that 
there were kind of the dad awkward, awkward draft ads <laughs> yeah in the background just kind of like you see what me okay can i talk now <laughs> all right did you have any other thoughts on the draft ryan that we didn't hit obviously due to connection issues here we're trying to keep this one short but anything you feel like we've got to get in before we go Oh, there's plenty of things we'll talk about in the coming weeks. One one final thing, since we've focused a lot on the top 10 and stuff, I'll say that I found it kind of cr- amusing in a cringy kind of way to to listen to Davion Mitchell talk after the Kings drafted him at number nine. He was clearly shocked that the Kings took him, and he was clearly unhappy. <laughs> and multiple Kings reporters were saying, hey, did you work out for the Kings part of the draft? And he didn't even want to talk about it. Oh, um, he kind of said... Yeah, at one point he said, California, that's a great place to be. Like he was oh, no. desperately trying to find something positive to say. Um, so it was shocking. And it's it is a bit of an odd fit. And for a guy who I also thought kind of similar to Duarte, an older player, uh, has a good kind of fantasy skill set, shot 51% last year, five and a half assists and almost two steals per game, 45% from deep. I thought in the right situation, he could have some real pop. I don't think that situation is Sacramento with Darren Fox and Tyrese Halliburton in the backcourt. So yeah, a tough, tough landing spot for him in fantasy and a curious one in reality. Yeah, that that's a good call. I'm glad you mentioned that one. Maybe they're planning to go small and just and say who cares and just play all three guys in a super small lineup. Possibly, possible. I wouldn't put it past the Kings to do so. So maybe, maybe there's a chance that Mitchell has some value that way. But I agree, a curious. And less than ideal landing spot for him. And it sounds like he agrees. Yeah. I will say, Matt, it seems like your your hotel neighbors have stopped their fortnight because your connection has really improved as oh, we wrap this thing up. They probably <laughs> just paused it. They ran out to get a soda and they're coming back. They're coming back yeah. with a vengeance shortly. Um, <laughs> but that is going to do it for us. As you said, Ryan, we'll have more to come on the draft don't forget to subscribe on apple Podcasts, on spotify wherever you listen take a second to rate and review us as well we'll be back on monday potentially with some more draft fallout maybe some trade talk much more to come thanks to everyone for listening on the podcast and watching live and bearing with us on youtube ryan thanks to you as well i'll talk to you soon thanks man Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.